Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful who have gathered here and there out of love for you. May my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've long held a fantasy about preaching on Easter Sunday morning. You know, Easter is the highest holy feast in our faith tradition. We've got lots of others, but Easter's the big one, right? So I have this fantasy that someday, when I screw up enough courage, somebody's going to get up, as Pastor Shelby Nallen just did, and read the Gospels. And then invite everybody to be seated. And then I would walk to the lectern or the pulpit or to the center of the sanctuary, wherever I am, and I would say, you have heard the gospel. And sit down. <laughs> because, you know, after the gospel that te tells of the resurrection is read, what's a person supposed to say after that? I mean, really, whether it's the gospel of Matthew, whether it's a gospel of Mark, whether it's the gospel of Luke, and certainly whether it's a gospel of John with its beautiful story of the women going to the tomb and Mary Magdalene becoming the apostle to the apostles. I mean, what really are you supposed to say after that? <laughs> but say something, I will. <laughs> you know it's true. And until I can screw up my courage to say that, uh, you'll just have to bear with me. Now, unlike me, Today's gospel story from Luke tells us how Jesus is not ending his ministry, as I am coming close to doing, but is beginning his ministry. He is beginning his public ministry. And Jesus is given the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and following the reading, he sits, as was the custom of the preachers, teachers of his day, to sit to, to teach. And he says, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Well, before we ever get to that point, as Luke tells it, Jesus has had quite an up and down road. Newly baptized, Jesus is singled out by the Holy Spirit, appearing as a dove. Some pastors like to say, it should have been a hawk. Because, I mean, you know, it's that dangerous. The Holy Spirit appears as a dove, and a heavenly voice calls Jesus, my child, my beloved. The Holy Spirit then promptly leads Jesus into the desert for 40 days of fasting and temptation by the evil one. Jesus successfully fends off the devil's ploys, and then begins teaching, going on tour, basically, in the synagogues of Galilee to rave reviews, I might add. And now, returning to his hometown of Nazareth, he will be warmly received. 
for now. If you think this feels like a roller coaster ride, it is. Up one day and down the next. Up one day and down the next. What we don't hear this morning is that following Jesus' pronouncement about the scripture being fulfilled in their hearing and following the murmurs of Jesus being their favorite son of Nazareth, a dialogue between Jesus and those present result in a dangerous rejection of him, a threat to his life. They, their plan is to ferry him out to the side of a cliff and throw him off because he has so offended them. The reason for this last dramatic shift against Jesus in the early, early part of this gospel um, during the rise of popularity and affirmation has several reasons. And it has to do with what Jesus reads and what he says. This should make every pastor's knees knock. It's what he reads and what he says. Jesus concluded his reading of the book of the prophet Isaiah before the actual assigned lection ends. Well, you heard him. It ends with the words, he is to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and he ends it. Well, the passage goes on to say, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for of our God. In short, the people of Nazareth want to know that God will avenge them avenge them from their enemies, and avenge them from all their suffering. In fact, that passage goes on for a while and describes all the avenging. I don't know people like that, do you? <laughs> I think it's important to note the aspect of Jesus' acknowledgement that the very reading and hearing of Scripture is in itself a fulfillment of God's intention. Do you hear that? He's, Jesus says, the, you have heard the scripture and it is the fulfillment just to hear it I mean have you ever wondered why we put such a focus on the reading of the the texts in our worship it's because just to hear it just to hear it is to have an encounter of God just to hear the word read. Note that Jesus says that the scripture is fulfilled in its hearing. He doesn't say the scripture is fulfilled in me. He points to the preaching moment, the moment when folks hear the words proclaimed, as the point at which Isaiah's words were fulfilled. They hear it, the words of Scripture are fulfilled. It's an amazing thing, really, when you think about it. Jesus, who could have profoundly spoken on any topic in all of Scripture, acknowledges that it's been fulfilled. And more importantly, Jesus implies by his statement that today, today the Scripture is fulfilled. Just like our first lesson said, today, in this moment, the Scripture is fulfilled. And this may be just as jarring for the people who were his listeners, that this is our boy, this is our son of Nazareth, 
How can he be the fulfillment of God's word? Well, you know what Jesus is eventually called? God's word. We hear it in the Gospel of John. And this claiming of Jesus as their own, and the fact that the scripture says that as was his custom, on the Sabbath he went to the synagogue, and, and the scripture calls it his home, his hometown. I mean, it wasn't strangers that take offense at him. It's the people who raised him. It's the people who taught him the scriptures. It's the people who watched him grow up. So the betrayal is all the worse for it. The pain, deeper than it might have been had he not known them. The rejection Jesus must feel as they push him out to the edge of a cliff with the intention to kill him. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. This is not so much good news, is it? You know, we talk about the gospel and that the, the evangelion is the good news. This doesn't sound like good news at all. The back and forth is central to Luke's vision of the gospel. We, we get high moments and low moments, and it just goes back and forth like a ping pong table. The life and ministry, the life following Jesus for each of us can also contain that up and down. We can also be filled with acceptance and rejection. We are called to follow Jesus, to seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and the resultant following isn't always easy or popular. My colleague and friend, Reverend Dr. Wes Allen, who is one of the preaching professors at Perkins School of Theology, begins his preaching class by telling his students, you're going to think that preaching is hard. And that's because it is. (laughs) It's very hard. And I say to you today, if you think life is hard, that's because it is. And yet, with our, <laughs> with our first lesson today, we hear the words of maybe a paucity of life breaking through the cracks and the fissures, right? That the light comes through even in that darkness. And here's the beauty of the whole story. The story begins by saying that Jesus is filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Jesus speaks the truth as he understands it, and in doing so, reveals to us God's grace. That God is not about vengeance as much as we would like God to be. God is about extravagant and expansive and ever-expanding grace, mercy, and love. The overarching message of the scriptures from First Testament to the New Testament is about the consistency of God, to be present with us, to suffer alongside us, to fulfill the promises, to grant us mercy and grace, to love us into this life and into the next. 
without any attempt to take away from the uniqueness of Jesus's experience that day. I wonder if the today of this story is a singular moment of history or the eternal now, because that's what I think it is. I don't think we lock Jesus down into that moment, into that today, but that Jesus's today is the eternal now of when the word is fulfilled through proclamation and hearing. And, and I love this idea that, okay, so you see Jesus in the story is given the scroll of the scriptures from the prophet Isaiah. And he reads them. And then the story says, he gives them back to the attendant who was in that day referred to as the servant of the Lord. Now, we can take that passage literally, or we can take it to have some meaning more. And I think that what happens here is the servant of the Lord hands the scripture, the assigned scripture from the assigned scroll to Jesus, and Jesus reads it and then gives it back. And to me, that says that we too, in this now moment, in this eternal now in today, we too are given the word. We too are given the scriptures. And then we get to give them back into the world, just as Jesus did. Jesus didn't just hold that scripture for himself. He gave it back to the people that day who would hear it and to the people ever since who have heard it. I love that idea. The prophetic nature of the text about what God's realm will look like and how Jesus fulfilled that vision to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It just seems to me that Jesus is about more than that moment in time, but is about here and now with us in this place as we worship, as we learn, as we form community, as we become the light that breaks through the cracks and the fissures for those who need it the most in the world. And Jesus' very short sermon is that today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today, in this moment, and all the moments to follow. This ancient text is Jesus' story, but it's our story as well. Now listen, I know these are difficult days. I know my pastor friends, we're all talking about, is the church going to make it? Well, yes, the church is going to make it, because that's how God works in the world. But I know these are difficult days. We have suffered under the pandemic. We have suffered on the political divide of our nation. We have suffered on the rise of authoritarianism in the world and the collapsing of the climate right before our very eyes. We have suffered and our suffering is revealed in the rise of depression and dysfunction and dystopian misery. And we are all reflecting this suffering in different ways, some by self-hate, some by the judgment of others, 
And if you're like me, some with barely contained rising rage. There's no getting around it. These are difficult days, but the promise of God is one of presence today. Jesus gave back the scroll so that we could have it. And we are invited to listen for God calling and God's calling and claim upon our lives. And that no matter how bad it gets, no matter how much the rage rises in our throat, that we are able, we are able to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim that there is release for the captives and recovery of sight for the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor. No matter how bad it is, this is the year of the Lord's favor. God calling, calling you and me today, right here, right now, the scripture is fulfilled in our hearing, in your life, and in mine. Thanks be to God. Amen.